Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland, now both in the home studio. So, well, what do you think about what do you think about my setup here, huh? You know, this this really sparks a whole East Coast West Coast rivalry here because I'm representing the Jets on the West, and I think I got a lot more Jets stuff that's visible at least. You Bam! Did. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just listening to this podcast, well, Cynthia has like this whole jet setup in the background. I do not. Um, I do have, you know, some representation, a couple mini helmets, a couple bobbleheads. The got mini a whole helmet bobblehead. though is key. It's like my it's just so cute. It's my favorite. And I like I have the green one, so I love the it's just great. It's all it's shiny and fun. Yeah, I, I'm a big mini helmet guy, as you can as you can yeah. tell over my left shoulder here. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that's it. We're both in the home studios. Uh, are you excited for New Year's? I, I'm. I, oh, oh, oh. We 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 got a New Year's talk at halftime. I've just I've brewed Ooh, this okay. up now. Okay. So okay, we got it. All right. So let's just start with this. Uh, let's dive into it here. Obviously, the Jets have a tough matchup in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions. I'm gonna give you for the oh, actually for the final time in 2021, I will actually have you do the coin flip. So tails, 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 yeah. tails, tails. I mean, come on. Do we? Was there a question? No, there wasn't. But sometimes no. I just give you the benefit of the doubt. But for because it's the final time in 2021, gotta do it. Gotta you're going do out. It. You're going out with a loss. It's a head. Oh no. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. You know, it's been good to me all season long. I just have to remember the good times. Just take it all in stride. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. That means I get first pick. So I, I think we should just start off with the Jets passing defense against Tom Brady and this Bucks passing offense for our first quarter here, because Tom Brady, obviously very successful against the New York Jets throughout his career, mostly with the Patriots. First time that whole return to MetLife as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the Bucks right now, Cynthia, dealing with some problems on offense. How do you think that changes the complexity of what Tom Brady likes to do in the pass? I, so the first thing that I want to point out is how many people that they're missing. And I, I literally had, usually I can like read something and then remember it, but I wanted to make sure that we have all of the notes here, like everything. So they're missing Chris Godwin. We know mm -hmm. that they're missing, you know, obviously Mike Evans has been uncertain with a hamstring Leonard Fournette. He's hopeful to return also a hamstring. And then we have some on the other side too, but it's pretty Im impactful. Like how many people are gone. They've got two linebackers, Levante David and Shaquille Barrett. All of them are like top guys who get like top 20 percentage in terms of like volume, impact, things that matter. So it's going to be interesting to see how they switch it up. It's, I think our old friend Gronk might be back for this could be Tom Brady's 30th win against the Jets. So I think our old friend Gronk might be an impactful one in this one. Uh, yeah. And Rob Gronkowski has his fair share of success against the Jets. Nine touchdowns in 15 games. This quarter, I forgot to say, is presented by home field IT. I, I think this is really the key matchup here because the Bucks. you talked about Leonard Fournette not being in the game here. He's sidelined until the playoffs. You would imagine Tom Brady would want to air it out against a young Jets secondary that looks like it'll probably be without Bryce Hall. I know the CDC and NFL rules have changed, but you know that you don't know if Bryce Hall is going to be in the lineup. And so let's just assume that he is not for a minute. That Jets secondary is very young already, and without Bryce Hall, who's been an ascending player for the Jets, against Antonio Brown, who just happens to return to the lineup, have over 100 yards and 10 catches. I mean, this is going to be a tough test, don't you think? Absolutely. It's actually interesting to me because I look at how might things change, like what might change in how the Jets kind of attack the pass. And 
Remember, everything that happens in the back also matters of what happens in the front. And something cool we saw last game that you don't see a ton of was CJ Mosley took two pass rushing snaps. He had one snap, uh, one sack on those two pass rushing snaps against the Jags. Now, am I saying that the situation with the Bucks is equal to the situation with the Jags? No. But what I am saying is that being multiple up front will help alleviate some of the stress on the back end so that you have these two things working together, generating pressure from kind of unexpected places or asking people to shift where that front lines up. Like that could be a way to kind of thwart some of the Tom Brady-ness because, you know, and it, it's very well documented. You've got to get pressure in Tom Brady's face. That's how you kind of that's the kryptonite <laughs> for him. <laughs> I like your your inflection there. Oh, you know. Uh, and also, I got another one too. In the and especially this time of year, defense travels. You're like, yeah, so does the offense. Or you're playing an indoor stadium. Like this is ridiculous. Like people will be like, defense travels in the playoffs. You're like, so does the offense. And it's an indoor situation. Like for some, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, that, that's, that's really funny. Well, I, you know, it's funny because I wanted to bring up pressure and Tom Brady's face. Now I feel like I almost can't do it. No, you have to. It's <laughs> it's required of us. Otherwise you're see that Syracuse helmet over your left shoulder. Yes, Mm-mm. I do. You're not allowed to have that helmet there if you don't bring up Tom Brady getting pressure in his face at me. Otherwise enough. you're not okay. sports media will kick you out. Yeah, that's true. That uh yeah that's true. That's true. Uh, the, the the journalism school would not be very happy with me if I did not bring up pressure in Tom Brady's face, especially considering the other New York team did that very well in the two Super Bowls. And of course they won both Super Bowls. But the Jets last week without Quinn and Williams, without John Franklin Myers, without Fall Around Sofatakasi, we don't know who's really going to be back in the lineup. You would imagine it's likely to be Falaron Sofatakasi and John Franklin Myers, considering they've been designated to return to practice. But Quinn and Williams, still no word yet. So if the Jets get some of the guys back, like I just mentioned, what kind of difference will that make? And isn't the Bucks' offensive line one of the best fronts that they've seen all year? Yeah, the Bucks' O-line is awesome. That's part of the reason why this all works for Tom Brady, because you can't get pressure in his face. It is true. Like, these are not, you know, it's, there's a reason that we all say that, right? Because it's true. He'd, he's also given us a billion-year sample size to prove that it's true. So the interesting part about this will be, I think it's going to be really interesting to see all the different looks. Like I told you about C.J. Mosley, obviously. You, we don't want C.J. Mosley to be rushing passers. Like, that's not where he is aligned best. But the point is, is they can be super multiple, which can help a lot, like, especially when you're thinking about all the different ways that Tom Brady, you know, those intermediate passes, the deep passes, how will they adjust without Chris Godwin and maybe potentially even Mike Evans in general? We know Gronk, we got it. Gronk in the red zone. Got it. We're we're there. But apart from that, like how can all the other routes, like you saw Tom Brady last year, he heard how everyone thought he was like terrible at uh, deep passes. And then he went and gashed everyone for the most deep passes. So I'm curious to see all the different schemes and looks that the front can cause Tom Brady to have to do a little bit more thinking than they would if, you know, you're only playing with half of your team, <laughs> which is never good. And the Bucks offensive line, three pro bowlers on that unit. There are only five offensive linemen. So that's a pretty good ratio there. And the least sacked quarterback in the league is Tom Brady. Who's playing at an MVP level. One last point here. Tom Brady is 44 years old. Okay. And we'll talk about the age discrepancy with Zach Wilson later. But he's 44 years old. This Jets secondary, I I touched on it. I kind of want to double down on it. They're so young that on, like, you would imagine that Tom Brady would would just be like, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, because that's what he does with everybody. What kind of challenge will this be for the Jets' young secondary against Tom Brady? You know, I like this situation because there's no downside, right? Like, try some stuff out. 
see if you can start to, there's no better teacher than experience. So seeing the, like, good luck figuring out Tom Brady when you've been in the league for 10 years. Like, this is not an easy task for seasoned veterans. So when it comes to the situation, like, great, there's there, the expectations. The Jets go into this one, they can have all the fun they want. There's no expectations. Figuring out, like, kind of, what they're seeing, having a good time with it. Like, I know it sounds stupid, but like joy matters. Like, let's all go watch people having fun. And if you can learn something and figure out how to read, what what is Tom Brady giving you? Because defense is all about like ruling things out, right? If they line up like this, it can't be one, two, or three. If they line up like that, it can't be four, five, or six. And being able to learn those things real time, like no better teacher. So I think it's, I just want Bryce Hall to be there. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I think that would be, That'd be a great matchup, especially against Antonio Brown, who's a very good player. I mean, let alone if Mike Evans or Chris Godwin would have played, that would have been cool. Now that we're kind of past those two, assuming they do not play, the Bryce Hall-Antonio Brown matchup, I think would have been a a good teaching experience, a good learning experience, a good litmus test for the second-year player out of Virginia. That was our first quarter presented by Homefield IT. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Cause like, I wanted to be here anyway. I wanted to be in New York anyway. I really want to play with the Jets. Like we turn up the biggest city in the world. There is no more passionate or fervent fan base in the entire NFL. Moving on to the second quarter here, let's talk about this Bucks rushing offense. Tom Brady throws the ball a lot. Leonard Fournette is the main back there, not going to play in this game sideline until the playoffs. So it seems. So, do you even expect the Bucks to try to run the ball given all their injuries out wide, or do you think that you know that they don't really do it a ton and their best back is out? And I know they have Ronald Jones and Le'Veon Bell, former Jet. And I'm just curious, like, what do you think they're going to do in terms of? running the football you know when I look at this game I, I went and I did like some like look to see what the what the Bucks need to get the number one seed so it's like 80 percent it's going to be the Packers that have that number one seed in the loan buy like how incentivized are the Bucks in this game to come out playing like their best game of chess ever or how incentive are they incentivized are they to potentially work some things out because while Leonard Fournette is scheduled to return with hopeful to return, that's the designation, doesn't mean he's actually coming back. So I do actually believe that we will see a lot of Ronald Jones in this game because I think they're going to try to figure out what's going on in their complicated run situation, especially if those linebackers aren't going to be there. Because remember, complimentary football, if the if they if the Bucks hold on to the ball a little bit more, eat up some of the clock on offense, then they won't be as susceptible on the linebacker level where they're missing pieces on defense, right? So it's I, I do actually think we'll see quite a bit of run because it's like they need like um, a pigeon to fly north and whatever, like all these basically need like very small things like the, the, the Packers need to lose and like, you know, all the, and some, some things need to freeze over and then they get the, the number one seed. So it's a very low probability they get it. So they're probably in the mode of 
looking at that now as opposed to trying to get any sort of buy. I think that's, that's really interesting. I, I just want to harp on that, that the numbers say that the Packers 80% have the one seed. So yeah, well, Bucks, okay. So these are my okay. numbers, right? Thank so you. these are Break my down. numbers, you know, so it's, it's, you remember, but the Packers remaining schedule is very favorable and mm -hmm. uh, teams that are other teams that are ahead of like, you know, would be potentially have to lose in order. Like there's this cascade of events. So even if the Packers like dropped one, then they'd have, uh, tiebreaker all these like there's a long list of things that it would have like i said a pigeon you know there, it, it's involves a lot of things that don't are very low probability so how do you think that impacts the bucks at all in terms of their thought like i'm not saying they're pulling their starters obviously but mm -mm. It, no, knowing that 80 percent according to your numbers say that the packers are going to get the number one seed knowing the injuries that the buccaneers currently have what kind of what kind of lens do you think they're viewing this game from? And you kind of illuminated it in terms of the running backs, but does that stretch out to more than just the backfield? It does. When we talk about the the other side of the ball, they've got a pretty young secondary, even though they, I know they won a Super Bowl. I, I'm aware. I, I, I also was, you know, I hologrammed into that one. So I was watching it on TV like everyone else. But at the end of the day, they're young and they need to look at some stuff too. So it's really about getting back to basics. They've had a bunch of injuries, you know, like that that the injury situation has been tough. And Todd Bowles is a masterful teacher. Jets fans know that he's a masterful teacher, especially on defense. So I would imagine they're going to probably try to set themselves up with getting the reps and experience they need that will take them into the playoffs because the, we have seen there, especially because they're secondary, like, you know, Richard Sherman, when's the last time he's played? Like it's it, a full game or all these snaps, right? So it's, you know, they've, they've got to kind of get some things. I think they'll, they'll use it as a way to, slower I don't think it's going to be people talk about Tom Brady coming out mad after you know whatever I, I don't think it's like that I think it's going to be one of those situations where it's like all right let's just like get some things worked out with the team yeah that's a great way to put it and that was our second quarter which brings us to halftime before we talk about this Jets offense the Bucks defense now New Year's Eve is Friday Cynthia so uh, similar to the coin toss you want to talk about potential New Year's resolutions before New Year's or you want to give yourself some time because I don't have any as we record this and we could talk about it next week for the season finale. I think that I'm kind of like a, I know this sounds like a little nuts, but like I got to have to kind of feel it out. Plus mm. it's the yeah. middle of our season. Let's be honest. We should be making resolutions like either, <laughs> you know, you know, the, the 14th of February, maybe sometime in August. Like it's yeah. hard in the middle of this, like I, Sometimes I forget it is New Year's. That sounds really lame, but you know, I, I watch, I'm on the West Coast, so I get to watch the East Coast New Year's uh, and then go to bed because yeah. I, I have to work. <laughs> yeah, you, so, you 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 get the best, you know, you know that the West Coast timing so in terms of in terms so of that good. Sunday night football. I mean, like I, I'm like a halftime and go to bed kind of guy. And I want to watch the full game, but I I can't do it. It just messes me up for the for the for Monday. And then that screws up the rest of my week. You guys got good over there. You got perfect weather. You got palm trees. It, it's great weather. You you can golf all year long, all year long if you want to, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. And you get to watch the full Sunday night and Monday night games and then go to bed at a reasonable hour. I know our new year's resolution next year. They're opening up a top golf here next oh. year. When you're in town, our resolution in person golfing. <laughs> yes. Yes, you can sign me up. I love it. I've never been to Top Golf. Actually, it's really fun. It's if you like to, if you like to. I mean, it's 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 a little silly, but it's it's very fun. I love it. I've it's not open yet, but I've been in other cities. Okay, I um, I like golf. I'm new to golf, but great. That's Top Golf's even better than it's yeah. just like a driving range. 
I heard uh I heard the food is pretty good too. No? You agree I, with I, that? I don't remember the food. Like I don't remember it being bad oh. or good, but it's like it's like bar food. It's good. It's, it's right. Bad. Yeah. I mean, what, what's yeah. wrong with bar food? Nothing, I mean, not, nothing's wrong with bar food. Not the healthiest. I mean, I'm probably not having a Caesar salad at Top Golf, but yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then with that, I'm gonna buy both of us some time, and we'll talk about New Year's resolutions next year for the season finale. Shed a tear. Shed a tear. I know. Um, all right. Well, on that sad note, let's go to the third quarter for this Jets offense. Let's talk about, I think we should talk about the Jets rushing attack because Michael Carter went bananas, 118 yards, career high. The Jets were down both of their starting guards, Elijah Vera Tucker, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, and they still ran for 273 yards. What, what happened Sunday? I mean, what did you see when you watched the film? Well, first of all, the film and my favorite next-gen stat of the week is basically so there's base there's next to stats categories is three different types of boxes that a defense can put out against a run a light box meaning it's a favorable situation for the running back a neutral box which is basically a base defense concept and then a, a stacked box meaning we're going to stop the run and we're going to put more people in the, in the box defenders in the box so that you can't run and guess who averaged more than six yards per attempt in any of those configurations I'm going to guess Michael Carter. You nailed it. Oh my God. How did you guess? You're like really good at this game. So. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's not, it, it's must be a jet show or something, you know, <laughs> but, but, but I saw, you could see it, right. You yeah. could see him carrying defenders with him. You could see him adding those yards after contact the yards, like figuring out like the, the patience. And it sounds like, I love jet speak or not jet speak scout speak you know, with the patient, he'd be a very patient runner, but like, and then he's a very mean runner. Then he's an angry runner. Like he was very patient and very angry and he, he hit all of the different ways to describe the types of runs. So you could see it and the numbers backed it up, which is my favorite type of number. <laughs> yeah, Your favorite type of number, just for what, for one more time for people in the back, your favorite type of number is what? My favorite type of number is the one that you feel like you see it, and you're like, there's something good here. And then the number can quantify the goodness so that you can say, what does an average guy do in this situation? And by the way, against stacked boxes, an average is something like three yards per year. So he was twice as good as that. And they're like, oh, see, I just quantified the thing that I saw. So now we can all kind of contextually get it. and But we can also know that it is double, not just better, right? Like this amorphous, like it is better than most people do in that situation. Great. Well, how much, what's better? You know what I mean? So. That's what I like when you can like when it right. it all stacks together. Well, it was a great job by Michael Carter and the Jets offensive line. And you got to throw out the wide receivers and the tight ends as well in their blocking situations. But this weekend at MetLife, different story here with the Tampa Bay Bucks, third in the NFL in rush defense. They got a couple big boys up front, particularly Vita Vea. What type of challenges do you expect that to present for this Jets offense? You know, I expect the. I still expect a lot from Michael Carter. Like fantasy, I'm on, a, I'm on a fantasy show, and they're like, "Should we play Michael?" I'm like, "Yes, you should play him still." So the interesting difference is, is it's not going to look great on a yards per attempt basis, but I do think shorter passes to the running backs that approximate runs. Those I told you, some of the linebackers are gone. That's a level that you could target with passes, and we've seen Zach Wilson target, and we've seen the scheme reflect that could mix up some of the looks. So some of the rushing, ru rushing, I say in quotes, because it's maybe not looking like, you know, a traditional running back or fullback situation, right? But like, you know, it's it's uh, it's the, the, the yardage that approximates a run. I think it's still gonna be a really effective tool. People think betting is about what you know. It's also about who you're with. 
And with the WinBet Sports Betting Casino app, you bet with Win. Ben, look at this, look at this. New York plus three and a half at home. They're 44 and 22. Greg, no New York bets. Hey! Hope you didn't bet on Boston. Shaq, did you bet on Boston? I went with Greg on this one. He has a whole system. <laughs> big payout, big payout, big payout, big payout. Ooh! Greg, mm -hmm. Yes? What is the Greg system? I pick by color, mostly. And what kind of loss is Levante David for the Bucks in terms of the rush defense? Um, how much does he weigh? Like double that. Like it, it's a, he's a very big, he's a very big loss for them. And I, I don't even know if Devin White's playing either. So I, I don't know. Like the, the, it's almost easier to make a list of who is playing than who isn't right. for most teams right now. Yeah, it's, that's it's, it's crazy. around names. Like you're like, I don't even, who is this person? I've never even heard, like all these people get signed some tight end for where you're like, where does that, but it's, that's the fun. That's the best part. You, you know, like, right, uh, figure it out. I don't know if I think I might have done this once throughout our, our podcast this season. I'm going to call a timeout in the third quarter, right? I'm burning a timeout in the third Do quarter. It. I'm just curious. You, you mentioned that you're on a fantasy show. As somebody who who talks about fantasy football and it, uh, I would say educates the people, how difficult is it to figure out who is and who isn't playing? Because right now, this Sunday, Cynthia, a lot of people are they're in the championship and so not only Jets, Bucks, but you're talking about people who are like scouring around for information, trying to figure out who is and who is not in the lineup. And, and people just don't know because people could be activated or deactivated on game day. Yeah. And it's also incredibly, I think what they should do in general is on when the actives and actives comes out, I think everyone who's on the COVID list should also be listed on the inactives <laughs> yeah. because you know, you saw yeah. last week, I think it was, I think it was the bears it was like, we've got no inactives. Like, cause everyone's on the COVID list or like whoever, you know, it's like, you're like, wait a minute, this is not, so it's, it's very confusing. So I think she has to change how it's listed if they ever have to, God, I hope we never have to deal with this again, but you know, if we do, then, you know, I think it should be changed a little bit. It's very hard. And, and you yeah. just got to keep Googling and we, you know what I will say beat writers are awesome. So if you're, you know, if you're looking for your fantasy team, like these beat writers are on top of it. So basically make a list on Twitter of all the NFL, different beat writers and just scroll when you have free time that, that that's what I would do. Um, kind of how I do it. I mean, speaking <laughs> of defending champions you are the fantasy defending champion last year how are you doing this year i snuck into the the championship game against kimmy wow. checks um but i snuck in because my opponent decided to bench a certain running back from the chargers that they shouldn't have um and uh and then Devonte parker had less than 1.5 points <laughs> so you're in the ship again listen doesn't matter how i got there it's, it feels it feels a little cheap but I don't know. You, you, you're you're playing for the ring. It doesn't matter. Playing for the ring. <laughs> wow! Very nice. Nicely done. Golf clap. Golf clap. Yes. Golf clap. Little golf clap. Thank, thank you. you know. All right. So now that 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 was a TV timeout. Now we're back in the third quarter here, talking about the Jets' rushing offense. Um, I think that's basically it. So let's just move on to the fourth quarter here, which is Zach Wilson. This Jets. Oh well. Wait. Hold on. I got to rewind. I don't know if that's legal. Rewind. Can we talk about Zach Wilson's touchdown run? I'm just curious your thoughts on what you saw and what your reaction was as you're watching this play, whether it be live or on a replay. Well, I watched it live and 52 yards. I immediately 
tried to ask research so that I didn't have to do it myself if that was the longest run in by a quarterback in Jets history. It was. I was just glad because I remembered one from Sam Darnold last year that was mm-hmm. like 48 or something like that. I'm like, that feels longer. So that's the longest. So it was like very, very fun. And of course, obviously, special teams made me happy as well. Bra- like, I love Braxton Bears. I like, I don't understand. Like, you know, he's just great. He's just like, I don't know. It's, it's very fun to watch. It's like a video game. But Zach Wilson, I also really liked that play action worked a little bit better for Zach Wilson. He didn't do a ton of it, but the touchdown in that situation, let's go. All right. So that, that was the third quarter. Now let's go to the fourth quarter. Zach Wilson didn't throw the ball a whole lot against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nope. You would imagine that in order to beat the Bucks, you'd probably have to throw the football. So assuming, well, we don't know, but Elijah Moore is one of the guys he's eligible to come off of injured reserve, right? Because he's been down for three weeks. So what kind of addition could Elijah Moore be if he is back in the lineup for Zach Wilson? Um, huge, a very huge one because their secondary is very susceptible. Their secondary is vulnerable. That's not the strength of their team. It wasn't even last year. It's just the, like I said, complimentary football was very helpful to them. So you got to get your speed back. You got to get your guys back. Like this is, it's, it's, there was, it was very tricky to navigate who was even playing last week, and it's going to be kind of similar this week. But the secondary is an area that the Jets will look to exploit. And let's like it, it'd be nice to see some, you know, some of these instead of these very, you know, shorter passes turn into just intermediate passes. It doesn't have to be crazy deep ones in this situation, but smart, strategic passes to kind of get the rhythm because this is a very the front of this defense is difficult. So don't try to like get all of it in one play. Try to use your downs and work and work it in your advantage to your advantage in your whatever i'm not i'm not the i'm not the um, journalist you are i do not <laughs> into oh, to boy. your advantage work it to your advantage oh boy wow throwing shade throwing shade. shade i'm saying i don't know how to speak my grammar is not good the math is well, good the grammar is not well that is why we're a good team you could be the math person i could be the journalist i know person. that's how the, that's why this works right words numbers it's great we we, we got it on lock we're good uh, for Zach Wilson, though, and this Bucks pass rush, Shaq Barrett not going to play. He's sidelined to the playoffs, too. So, really, I mean, the Buccaneers' injuries, you could probably find somebody hurt on all levels of the football, except for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers' offensive line, which is where that matters the most. So, for Zach Wilson, now, this is interesting, and I just want you to talk about it because they were in your notes. The age discrepancy between Tom Brady and Zach Wilson, the floor is yours. Um, well, okay, look, they're both born on August 3rd, which is fun, but, I mean, doesn't really... You, ironic. Oh, by the way, before I forget about that 52-yarder, do you know that it's also the second longest in NFL history, and Marcus Mariota had the longest one, and that was against the Jags. He was also a rookie, and he was also drafted second. Whoa. You know? Listen, that, is, that is that's some voodoo something. That, no, that's like some stuff that you pull out at the bar, right? You pull yeah. that out at the bar to impress people. Like, did you know? Did you wait, know? And wait, by the so, way, his so you're eight saying seven yards. You're saying that the longest touchdown run by a quarterback? Mm-hmm. Eighty-seven NFL yards in NFL history. Marcus Mariota in week fifteen or week thirteen of twenty fifteen. Eighty-seven yards. He was a rookie. It was against the Jags. He's the second pick. It wasn't also week sixteen, was it? No, it was week thirteen. Week 13, oh, close. 2015. Close enough. Close. Listen, yeah. you have to like add, you have to incorporate inflation and you also have to figure out we have an extra, we have an extra game. Whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. You're good. Okay. Tom Brady's 44. Yep. 
Zach Wilson's 22, both born on August 3rd, which is hilarious. Brady was about to be a senior at Michigan, 1999. Hilarious. Um, yeah. And that 22-year year age gap is the largest between two starting quarterbacks since at least 1950. That's when we first started tracking. So it's That's pretty great. funny. The, the largest in NFL history this Sunday, 22-44, and it happens to come on – well, I don't want to say it happens to come on week 17 or in week 17. It basically, it they have this – I think it's weird that they have the same birthday and it's the, it's the biggest discrepancy. That's freaky. I, I think it's I think it's kind of cool. Also, like it kind of gives you a really important like we don't I mean, look, we I don't think anyone ever like forgets how good Tom Brady is. But like how long this man has been this good is inc- like and it's an, he's been great for like almost an, in the NFL level for almost an entire Zach Wilson of life. You know what I mean? Oh like that's it's just crazy. It's just crazy. All right. Well, speaking of Zach Wilson, the 22 year old, the number two overall pick, the 52 yard touchdown guy. Yeah. Him. Um, what did you think of the way that he played within structure? Because <laughs> it, it feels like watching the game from the press box that he seemed a lot more comfortable, even though the numbers weren't staggering in terms of throwing the football. I don't think any rookie quarterback should worry about their numbers. I think every rookie quarterback, you know, the guy who kind of exemplifies it is actually Dak Prescott. Remember, he was not a first round pick. He was a later round pick and nobody had any faith in him. He kind of went in after an injury and whatever. And they rolled out a very, a plan that, you know, they started with easy throws and then they asked him to throw a little bit longer. And then they asked him to throw closer to the seams. And then they asked him to throw outside the numbers. They rolled it out in a way that really helped him see diagnose and like advance his skill set because I don't, I don't care who you are like Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback in college football and he's having a hard time too so it's all about like being able to set you up for success with higher probability situations and learning how to read the defense so I think this was super smart I thought he took a huge step forward last week what I saw there was someone who I don't know about I don't know what it means to look confident, but I do know what it means to like step into your throws with your with your right with where where you're balanced and your right weight, right? Like, you know, if you watched last week, Baker Mayfield was throwing off his back foot, like looking crazy all the time. You know what happened? A lot of interceptions. And this was not the case with Zach Wilson. He was in the right direction. The mechanics were going the right way. And who cares if like a win's a win and you gotta figure out how to roll this out. This, this is not an indictment of skills or he should, he shouldn't be doing anything. He should be figuring out how to do this, right? There's no, uh, we don't know. And by the way, when you have most of your receivers not available, probably not the best situation to try to slang it down the field. So, you know, I think I saw a big step for like, that looked great. Like I'm, I was excited for Zach Wilson after that, that win. So then moving this forward to this weekend against the Bucks, what do you hope to see from Zach Wilson? How does he build on that performance against a very good defense that is a little bit banged up? I think, like I said, you exploit the the fact that you're missing some of the pass rushers and you go for, just go for the intermediate passes. So intermediate 10 to 19 yard passes. Don't keep everything so, so close. Leverage the guys that you have that can run those more intermediate routes. And by the way, your running backs can do that too, right? It doesn't have to be yards after the catch. It can be you know, it can be the route that they're set up to run the design of the play. So I would like to see a few more of those. I don't need it to be crazy. I like to see efficiency, right? I, I don't know what, I don't know what people think they're supposed to be seeing, but you know, you have to remember that Dak Prescott had the advantage of 
probably the best, if not a top three O-line in the entire NFL, the season that he was able to take over. So like, get, like let's, let's watch this unfold in a way that is sustainable for a long-term lots of wins, not just, you know, like it doesn't need to look like all of it today. You don't need them to be fully formed yet. Like relax. We're good. One piece at a time, brick by yes. brick. We'll see what happens. There's two more opportunities. One comes this weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week 17 at MetLife stadium. Man, this is going to be weird having a week 18, but we'll get to that next week. So, yep. um, one more thing overtime period. We've done this maybe once or twice, but you mentioned special teams. We've talked about all forms of offense and defense. We got to give some love to special teams. Braxton Berrios, the AFC special team player of the week, 102-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, leads the NFL in terms of kickoff return average, second in the NFL among players with 15 or more returns with a 13-4 return average in punts. I mean, what kind of weapon essentially is Braxton Berrios for the Jets special teams. Not to mention he's done a pretty good job at receiver too. Yeah. So I, I mean, look like the way that where you're starting drives matters, the where you're starting drives. If you can get an extra five yards ahead of the competition in terms of where you're starting drives, you're more likely to at least score a field goal. So from that standpoint, it's super like, that's not just how you make teams and stay on teams from a player level. That's how you win close games. That's how going forward in situations where, you know, you, you, a game breaking play, something where, you know, you, you upset someone who you weren't supposed to upset. You know how you do that special teams plays a lot, like get yourself in the position to add those points to the scoreboard. So, you know, it, it was, and also it's fun to watch as a fan, you know, like who doesn't like when someone has a 102 yard, maybe not the Jags, but other than that, who doesn't like it <laughs> or, or the bucks this weekend or the bills in week Correct. 18. But other than that, we're good because the rest, the, the past is history. So we're good with what happened. We'll see what Barrios has on tap in the remainder of the season. And that's how we wrap up the game preview podcast week 17. Again, the game preview podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Cynthia, I'll speak to you next year. See you next year. Have a great weekend and go Jets.